just a quick heads up before we get started. Those regular listeners may notice my voice sounding a little different in this episode. That's because the audio went a little haywire during the recording process. This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Welcome to the PR Pod, the essential podcast for emerging public relations professionals. In this episode, we're going to deep dive into the topic of trends and how to leverage those for press coverage. I'm joined from New York by two guests, Jennifer Hawkins, founder and president of Hawkins International PR, and Catherine Colford, managing director at sister PR agency, Maverick Creative. Welcome to the PR Pod, ladies. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for having us. Can you give us a quick overview of both of your agencies? Jennifer, let's start with you. Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for, for having us um, because we love talking about PR and we love talking about trends. And in our case, Hawkins International is an uh, agency based in the United States, but we have clients located around the globe and we primarily focus in the sector of travel and hospitality. So our clients consist of hotels, resorts, spas, cruise lines, airlines, tour operators, and genuinely every continent is covered, including an expedition ship that we're launching in Antarctica coming up. So, you know, as it relates to public relations, we get hired by large brands to boutique hotels to really be their uh, their gateway to uh, media and, and social digital uh, campaigns. So we have employees located throughout the U.S. We used to be just in New York, and then we were bi-coastal. And now with uh, such a successful work-from-home campaign, um, and we see people are being so uh, diligent and successful, not working necessarily side-by-side. But So we, uh, we have employees located throughout the, the U.S. and Canada. Thank you. Catherine? Sure. So Maverick Creative is a spinoff agency of Hawkins International. We launched in the summer of 2019. And basically, we were started as a way to service clients with creative communications in sort of a fresh way. Of course, we offer the traditional media relations services, and we are great at that. But we also kind of seamlessly blend in social media services, content creation, and executive thought leadership. We also work in the travel and hospitality space, but we also work with lifestyle brands and sort of where those industries intersect. So our clients include everyone from Hyatt's boundless portfolio of brands. So that includes brands like Alila Hotels and Resorts, Thompson, and Andaz, as well as individual boutique hotels. We work with The Point and Adirondacks, which is a tiny 11 room boutique property um, at a former Rockefeller estate, the Shelburne in Dublin, And then we also work with a lot of kind of lifestyle and travel startups. So Koala Stay Sharing, which is a startup that's disrupting the timeshare industry, which has been really fun to work on, as well as Tours by Locals, which is a really exciting global tours marketplace with tour guides all over the world. It sounds like a really interesting and diverse sector to be part of. It is. It's fun. It's it's interesting because one thing about travel hospitality as a category is it's actually quite vast. And I think it's really important for anybody that's considering a possible career in, in travel PR is it also covers food and wine and design and bridal and business. And you know, there's just so many different components to hospitality and the reason people 
travel and the experiences. So as a publicist, it's actually quite vast. There's really amazing, interesting people that are part of it. You know, you could, the spa director to, you know, the beer concierge to, you know, anybody in between. So you get to promote people and places, really beautiful destinations and experiences. So it's, it's quite, um, it's quite fun and you know it's it's very topical to to today's topic which is which is trends yeah and i guess on that so i mean i think a trend by definition is a general development or change in a situation or in the way people are behaving catherine why do you feel trends are important to understand and observe and, and leverage when it comes to pr campaigns so i think they're pretty much the most important thing when it comes to pr campaigns i think trends really drive conversations whether they're happening in the media, obviously, but also on social media, in pop culture. And since our job is to get our clients in on those conversations, we really have to have a grasp on what's trending and what's in the news in order to um, have a smart point of view for our clients in those conversations and get them included in coverage. And, you know, I think with trends, we talk about both uh, historical trends and then being able to or predict or identify how trends may be developing um, over the coming months or years. Jennifer, what do you feel the value is in reflecting on what trends have been notable within a sector or within an industry? You know, I think one of the one of the best things in uh, sort of looking at trends and how we pitch them is the measured results. You know, and in there's different case studies that we've been able to sort of point on, and we actually develop trends. When I when I say develop, we sort of like spot the trends, and because we have clients all over the world, we're able to sort of be in a unique situation. We're sort of like at the at the top looking down and seeing like, oh my gosh, something really cool is happening in Sydney or something really amazing is happening in Buenos Aires or in London. And we're talking in some cases, um, trend light, you know, we're not talking about like, you know, breaking news um, and we're, you know, you're, we're, we're news jacking, which is a different kind of way to um, sort of maximize or um, opportunistically take, take advantage of trends. But, you know, we're able to actually link many of our clients as, as it relates to what they're doing firsthand with their experiences. And we can oftentimes inform each of our clients to say, hey, we've seen, um, you know, in the UK that they're doing a lot of really interesting things with, you know, uh, say mixology or certain mixers or um, something in the spa. And then we might see it happening in Mexico and then we might be seeing it happening in Miami. So when we sort of start linking together amongst our clients uh, and, and sort of start sh intel sharing, not just amongst themselves, but really we start making those links within our agency and we then um, pitch to the media uh, in a very journalistic fashion, sometimes a list, sometimes, you know, it takes three to sort of make a trend. Um, we're, we, we really point out for our, for our media, the things that we're seeing and help them sort of come to the realization and have it be their bright idea that they're seeing these trends. So, but you know, it, it's, it's really, um, it's much more interesting sometimes when you're pitching, you know, more than one thing than uh, to, the, to the media, especially, because not every article is going to be a feature. And so you have to be very creative with how you put into context what you're seeing uh, as, as, you know, 
one experience. Like it, it's, you know, a lot of times media is like, well, I need a few other examples of that. Yeah. And I guess that's a good point you made before. Um, do you feel that three is an appropriate number to be able to provide to, to add context to the fact that it is a trend? I think it's sort of a <laughs> informal sort of bouncing off point. Um, I don't think it's, you know, it's it's not a science rule, but I think it's a uh, a nice sort of opportunity to to put into a wider context uh, one thing that you're seeing. And you know, these things can kind of be you can creatively stretch like what 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 is an idea? You know, um, you know, we we have clients like for instance in Ireland they have um, a genealogy butler, but you know. There's not that many genealogy butlers, but Ireland itself is a place that people gravitate toward as a country to trace their genealogy. So we might use genealogy and or, um, you know, sort of something about tracing your roots back. Um, and so we will then create sort of a an aura or an ambiance of a trend around a particular initiative that you know, we might say to a client, like, you know, genealogy butler is kind of neat, but not everybody's just going to write about that one thing. They're going to write about the trend of people looking for their, you know, their roots. Yeah, that's a great point, Jennifer. We also um, kind of connected in pitching the genealogy butler to the larger idea of like when all of these 23andMe um, DNA testing kits were coming up. It had been a program that they offered for many years, but when everyone was getting hot on this trend of chasing their roots and doing DNA tests, we were able to sort of breathe new life into this offering they had and get a whole new wave of coverage connected to the trend of DNA testing and genealogy. And I mean, you have to have your finger in the pulse of news, like you said, around the world to be able to observe what is happening in different markets and to work out how you can make that applicable to your market. Is it just a case of being very well read and keeping on top of the key news outlets in, you know, in each country? Or what do you find the best way is to kind of wrangle this information? Um, I think Jennifer and I can both agree that exactly reading is the most important um, quality for a publicist to have. It's a great way to get ideas, inspiration and just be more knowledgeable about what's going on in the world. Um, obviously we specialize in travel and hospitality and I read those publications religiously, but I'm also reading tech publications, real estate publications, business, food. And a lot of times that's where we're getting our ideas for clients, or that's where we're seeing a trend develop. And we're able to be nimble with our clients and say like, Hey, we're seeing something happen in the food world on a really small scale in Williamsburg and Brooklyn. How can we get on that trend in Los Angeles? Or how can we bring that to life at a hotel in Canada? Um, so reading is important, obviously following, um, media publications and just influencers and tastemakers on social media is super important and a great way to get ideas. And then following journalists on social media and seeing what they're noticing and where they're getting inspiration. Um, and obviously that's also a great place to build relationships with media, um, and, you know, work on some stories together in a fun way. And on that note, Jennifer, from the journalist perspective, what are they looking for when you are pitching a trend-related idea to them? What is it that a journalist would require, I guess, to, to go, yeah, okay, that, that is something that it's worthwhile considering writing about? I mean, the journalists, you have, they have to trust what you're saying. Um, so I think that's, that's the first thing for any public relations person is make sure that you've got the trust of, of your journalists. I would also add that um, statistics and numbers are also really important in helping convince a journalist that a trend is a trend. Um, 
One anecdote I can share is that we work with Sentient Jet Private Aviation, which is a private aviation company in the United States. They had just sort of noticed anecdotally that most of their jet card holders were taking and booking one-way flights versus round-trip flights. They were basically relocating indefinitely to kind of take extended work, play, stay vacations um, during COVID. So that was an anecdote they sort of noticed as a trend. We talked about it. Um, but they were also able to pull the numbers from their booking data to back up that this was in fact happening and it looked a lot different from how people had been traveling uh, you know, a year ago. So we were able to package that into a trend pitch to a bunch of business and travel media. And basically the anecdotes combined with the numbers, combined with the spokesperson we had to talk about the trend really sealed the deal and let us secure a lot of coverage for our client everywhere from Bloomberg Radio to Rob Report. Um, and a lot of other great publications. And when it comes to starting to work with a new client or maybe you work in-house and you're starting to work on a new brand or you've got a new job, how important is it to do, uh, I guess, an evaluation of an industry and what trends have been um, notable in the past to then keep those in mind when you're adapting a strategy? Do you do a trend evaluation when you start working when you onboard new clients? Definitely. I think that's always the first step for us whenever we start with a new client. We really want to make sure that we understand the larger industry that that client plays in, as well as their market, their audience, and what those audiences are looking and looking for and reading and paying attention to. That really helps us set the stage with not just the type of pitches we're going to be sending out, but also the strategy we're going to take to tell that client's story. You know, Based on what we find during that sort of trend audit, we might decide to take more of a social media approach in our pitches and focus on social media editors, or we might decide that we really need to focus on you know, a certain segment, whether that's culinary or design. Um, so doing a kind of trend audit, as you said, is a great way to kick things off right with a client and get a great lay of the land for how we can position them in that larger industry. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously if you work within a sector and you have been working within a sector for uh, a number of years, you naturally are on top of what these trends are because you've been utilising with them with your clients, you've been observing them. If someone is brand new to working in a sector, let's say they've just started working in PR or they've moved from one sector, they used to be in tech and now they're in travel, how do you recommend they bring themselves up to speed? I mean, yes, they can obviously read content that's coming through now. Um, and is it just a case of going back through key trade publications and I guess key consumer publications and trying to get a sense of um, of that sector or of that industry and what's been important in there? Yes. You, you know, everything you just said, you've got to read the trade publications, but you've got to also be curious. I think, one of the things about being a great publicist is having curiosity. And you don't, it's one of the things that I love even still to this day. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time is, you know, discovering new and interesting places and meeting new and interesting people. And you have to be able to, like, you know, your clients want you to ask the questions. And in our case, we're, we're lucky because a lot of our clients are, you know, destination. So we were on a client call yesterday with a new client and they invited the whole team. They're like, listen, you're never going to really fully understand who we are until you come and do an immersion. And this is like a beautiful 400 acre, you know, resort in the desert. It's like the team was very happy to oblige. And, but, you know, so, so, you know, in some cases, 
you know, visit the destination or visit with the client. And then when I say you're not just going to, you know, uh, see and touch, but you're going to like, not just meet the chef, but eat his food. And, you know, there's a whole sort of um, visceral piece that goes into travel PR that, you know, that's, that's the best way to immerse yourself into it. And then from there you start, you know, the pieces start falling together, which is when you're talking about putting in the context of trends, because then if you start working, and it's one of the things that I think if you're going to work in a niche industry and a niche um, uh, agency, such as travel, the trends start coming a little bit more naturally. Because if you're working at an agency that had a few travel clients and then had a car and then maybe worked with some other tech company, it's harder if you were, you know, meant to like harness those trends because you're working in all these different sectors. doesn't mean you can't like connect the dots or still be curious, but you know, the onus is a little greater on you to be that much more adept at learning many different sectors sort of at once. So, you know, in, in travel and, and especially in our case, we, we kind of, and we share a lot of Intel behind the scenes too. Um, you might get a, a very dedicated team if you hire us as a, as a resort, but, and you know, you might have access to those three people, but you genuinely have a lot of access to um, another, you know, 15, 20 people behind the scenes that are informing the rest of the group. We have internal meetings about like trends and, you know, ideation and, um, and trends are not, you know, shouldn't be so mysterious. I mean, you know, if you take Valentine's Day, that might not be what you consider a trend, but from the PR point of view, every hotel has some sort of Valentine's Day offering or activation or package or experience. So the same way we sometimes package trends and pitch them, we're packaging sort of holidays and experiences because I'm not going to send out 10 press releases about Valentine's Day, I'm going to package that together and maybe even put it in the context of a theme like, you know, chocolates and champagne are out, but, you know, paddleboarding and <laughs> yoga are in. And these are the 10 places you can go do that this, this romantic holiday. So there's lots of ways to kind of like play with it and manipulate it in a fun way. Yeah, and I think an interesting point you touched on um, there, Jennifer, was that sharing of intel um, within a team and within an agency or even with the, with your sister agencies, perhaps, that goes between the two of you. Um, it's one thing to absorb this information, be across, of it, uh, be across it, but if you're just keeping that for yourself, it's obviously not benefiting the agency and therefore the, the broader um, purpose and your opportunities. Do you kind of informally flick things around the team if someone sees or reads something do you just kind of send an email off what kind of process do you have besides those I guess meetings that you that you touch on well Catherine you can chime in here too but we do have something that I think is unique we have what we call our own media intel team so that team is got a lot of uh, and they're they're sort of made up with different people from different teams and then there's almost like it's almost like a committee if you will but they're they're charged with keeping up on what the individual publications are up to and if there's changes and whatnot. But also they, we have one person dedicated per week to really do a full scan of 
all the different trades, business publications, fashion publications, and they do a a daily roundup of articles that maybe are like topical. You know, I mean, maybe you don't have anything to do with travel, but it could be something that might impact the travel cycle, like, you know, a presidential election or, you know, um, you know, but, you know, Right now, we've been very uh, finger on the pulse with like vaccine rollout. Like that, that is might not be an article about travel, but it's certainly if that's going in a positive direction, that's a very important part of how, you know our strategy. So we do do a lot of uh, information sharing. We have Slack. We put a lot of pieces of uh, you know articles or snippets or quotes, you know, resource guides for each other. People go on conferences, they don't just go just to like learn about it. They come back and they either do a presentation or they do a summary with highlights. So it's one of the things that, especially right now, is we've got a, a fairly uh, disparate, you know, work from home force. It's really important that we continue to be really elevated in our communication with one another. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what you were saying about, you know, Jennifer really encourages that curiosity in all of us. So, you know, for example, take on Slack where people are sharing articles that might come across as kind of random if you didn't understand what we do on a day-to-day basis, but they really do spark ideas. And I do find myself sometimes going back to that kind of like interesting article channel when I'm stumped on a pitch idea or need an idea to present to a client and it, it sparks ideas. Like I think today alone, someone shared an article about, you know, interesting merch collaborations at New York City restaurants. Someone else shared an article about a membership-based model for the Freehand Hotel. And then there's probably an article about like, you know, a new magazine in Portland, Oregon. So there's no necessarily like a rhyme or reason to the way that we're sharing these articles. And that's why they're helpful. Um, It's because it's anything that sparks that someone says, oh, this is interesting. I think the rest of the team would find it interesting. It's usually the case. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's such a good point in that People aren't forwarding information around because it's necessarily directly relevant, but you have to be able to interpret that information um, and then work mm. out how that can be applied or leveraged or use that with the fact that you remember two months ago, there was also another article that kind of touched on something similar. So how can you collate those? But it really it really does come back to absorbing uh, absorbing news. And obviously that's um, a little easier if you've got a larger agency, you've got you know resources where you've got some teams dedicated to it. But if you're on your own or you're working in-house and there's any two of you, it can be a really time-consuming job, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to be a little bit of a a news junkie anyway to be in PR, I think. And I think that you have to be very, you know, tuned in to like, not just like the sector that you're focusing on, but genuinely what the pop culture piece is, what the news piece, you know, um, topical news moment is you have to have that curiosity and that voracious sort of like need to know. Well, and it's just, it's part of the job. Like I think just like writing as being a great writer is part of being a great publicist as is, you know, being a great communicator with clients, like being well-informed and making sure that you carve that time out to read the news every day and read what's interesting to you is just as important of a piece of the puzzle as those other things. It's part of the job. And if I could add one other thing, when we have a, um, we have a newsletter that we put out monthly, mostly for our, just our clients. It's not to the media. It's for our clients and, you know, we, you know, past clients. And we also put another 
newsletter out um, monthly called the Digital Dispatch. And a couple of months ago, I kept hearing about Clubhouse, Clubhouse. And I said to our digital team, I said, okay, what's this Clubhouse thing I keep hearing? And he's like, oh, our digital is like, you know what? We're in the luxury hospitality industry. I don't think it's going to be relevant. I said, I don't care. I want to know about it. And I want our clients to know about it. And I want everybody on our team to know about it because our clients, I'm thinking about like our client might be the director of sales and marketing at a hotel. What if their boss asks them about it? What if their you know stakeholder or their owner, I want them to be the smartest person in the room, even if it's not relevant. So we were telling our clients like months ago about this particular trend and um, all of a sudden it kind of exploded and now everybody's on it and everybody, and we had a lot of like, thank yous for telling me because they were the ones that were, you know, first informed and were able to sort of like spread the news. And, you know, again, right now we're not going to cocktail parties, but I always think like, who want you want to be like, you know, ready for some like good, smart, like topical cocktail combo. But I remembered back in the day, Facebook was the same thing. People were like, oh, people, luxury hotels and luxury hotel goers don't use Facebook. Oh, they don't use Instagram. Oh, they don't use Twitter. You know, I was like, doesn't matter. We want to know about it. And meanwhile, they all ended up needing it, using it. It's like indispensable. Yeah, I think that um, that point of sharing information, I mean, I do that same thing with my clients, you know, all my, uh, uh, my clients' hospitality. So, you know, if I see a new restaurant or a new bar or a hint of something popping up that's either the, you know, in the same neighborhood or um, a similar cuisine or they've got a, um, a similar philosophy, then I share that around. So they, so they're across and they can understand what, what else is happening in the industry. And I think that, um, it helps reinforce the fact that you do have your finger on the pulse. You do understand what's happening in the industry. You are reading. Um, and I think that's a really important point with clients that you are, be, you are seen. That's when, that's why they've hired you. You've hired you as a consultant because you're expected to mm. be, um, you know, expected to have expertise in this industry and you are expected to be across this information more than they are. They're running their hotel or they're running their, their app or their luggage or whatever it is that they're doing that this is, this is what you're there for is to, is to have the finger on the pulse and get connected to what's happening in the media cycle. Um, so something I came across on your website was Trendhawk. Can you tell me a little bit about Trendhawk? What's the purpose of it? What does it offer? So Trendhawk is a um, kind of trend forecast that we have been putting together for probably five or six years now. We usually do it biannually. And it's a forecast that we put together for our clients, um, our partners, and even the media that just sort of gives our perspective on not just what's happening in that moment, but what we're predicting will happen in the months ahead, in the quarter ahead, kind of based on our industry expertise, knowledge, and sort of finger having our fingers on the pulse of what's going on all around the world. So we're not just covering travel and hospitality trends, we're covering trends in other segments and talking about how they might impact the travel and hospitality industry. Um, we just put out our most recent trend hawk a few weeks ago the beginning of this year and that really focused more on the lexicon and what the sort of hot topics and conversations were going to be about in the months ahead it's not just about what's happening it's like what people are talking about and what people are going to care about um so basically we're we're following trends and how we're putting together our trend talk and even adjusting how we um put that out on a on a biannual basis 
And I think what's fun for me is, and Catherine and I kind of, I think, brainchild this a, a couple years ago, but now our clients and, and sort of followers, they, they start asking for like, when are you coming out with your trend hawk? And we usually intentionally do it not at the end of the year, but closer to, you know, sort of like February, sort of let people get through holidays and it's not an end of the year thing. And in the past we do kind of like do some forecasting, but we had to, we had to sort of, you know, not look too far in the future in, in this year, but it's, it's fun and it's interesting. And we write it in a very journalistic style. Um, it's, it's very high level. It's again, not only travel hospitality, but it's about, you know, could be about fashion and CBD or beauty or other things that really are um, capturing people's imagination, both in the media and from a consumer point of view. We really take that bird's eye view um, on trends. Most In the most recent edition, for example, we covered the trend of comfort and how that's really bleeding into every single element of the world right now. It's not just about you know, what well, is about, it's about comfort food. It's about athleisure and all these comfy sweatpants people are spending money on and wearing all the time. It's about um, people taking more like sort of comforting vacations and nestling up in like a, a villa or a private experience. It's talking about how these larger trends impact everything everyone is doing kind of across the board. And if people want to check out Trendhawk, how, what's the website address for it? It's www.trendhawk. 2021.com and we have our own little url for that because um we want it to sort of be a standalone and we just we're it's sort of in the spirit of generosity you know we want people to just sort of be able to um share it easily in the past we had a pdf and it took i feel like six minutes just to download it let, let alone share it with somebody so we're like let's make this easy on people just <laughs> so it is genuinely in the in the spirit of generosity and uh we hope people enjoy it and get some you know use out of it if people are just uh starting out in pr and uh getting their head around being on top of all this news and how to leverage trends um, what would you suggest is the best process for them to start to absorb and then to pitch those trends in? I guess a, a very a very quick blueprint of how to how to apply the information and how to pitch that into a journalist. Um, so I think it goes back to reading again. I don't think we can stress that enough. But observing how journalists are covering trends, how they're positioning them, and where the conversation is going. I think it's really helpful as you're reading different articles to kind of think about how maybe that article came to be. How would how would that have been pitched by a publicist or a brand? Um, and that can really help inform how you pitch your own client and approach a journalist with your own story and fresh idea. You know, I, I think that you have to look at every, every pitch should be different. You know, we, we have kind of really stepped away from the blanket, you know, press release. I mean, obviously our clients still have like major news. They might be launching or they might be acquiring something. So there's a sort of a, a place and a need for like a more official uh, story press release. But really the pitches are really what's important. And that the reason they're so important and they need to be customized and personalized is because a pitch to a publication like Vogue is going to be very different than your publication pitch to like a Forbes or a Fortune or, you know, a travel and leisure. So it's very important to, you could have the same topic, or the same goal, which is to like, you know, entice a journalist to hear you out about a particular trend, but you have to be 
really, uh, it's, it's, you know, not dissimilar than what we were talking about offline, which is, you know, the pitch has to be geared toward that particular journalist and that particular, you know, whether you're pitching a podcast or a, you know, a blogger or an influencer or, you know, a top-notch, you know, newspaper editor, they're all on our media list, but they all have to be addressed and handled in a very different fashion. So we look for, for publicists. And I, I would say that for anybody that really wants to be, you know, a really good at what they do in, in PR is, you know, you, you have to be a great writer, you have to be a great reader, but then you have to, you know, have some common sense on how you're going to craft those pitches. And, um, it, it really makes a big difference if, if the journalist feels as though you know their publication and you know their readership. That's, that's, the whole, that's the whole sort of idea behind it is get to know that readership. And like, I like what you said, Catherine, about like just sort of imagine like what that, you know, article was that you read and how did they, how did that come to be? Yeah. Yeah. It's about, I guess, identifying the utility of what you're pitching, um, of what that utility is of what you're pitching to that publication, you know, and every publication, there may be, you know, 17 lifestyle websites you're pitching to, but one, all they do is top five or top 10 lists. Another one does broader features. Another one only right. does uh, breaking news and they don't really do anything else. So yes, they're all lifestyle websites, but their content requirements are all very different. So you may be pitching the same thing that you've got a new bar to them, but you have to be able to tailor that separately and I guess it's no different when it comes to trends as well you need to be able to work out how that trend is applicable to that publication and their content so it's um it really is about I think establishing a really good framework of understanding how you need to get content in front of journalists and once you've got that then you can apply it to any sector any trend any piece of information oh I was just going to say one other thing I would say when we're pitching trends especially lifestyle is having like really good assets to sort of you know go along with it you know, photography, video, graphics, in some cases, like you said, Catherine, data, statistics. So having supporting materials, and especially for lifestyle outlets, it's really important because, you know, we always kind of use the adage, no photos, no features. I mean, same with like just even trends, like you're going to get a lot more play for your client, especially if you're in a roundup trend article, if you've got a beautiful sexy photo to go along with it if you're pitching something on pools have a picture of the pool you know like yeah i agree it sounds common sense but um i think people can get wound up with the excitement of pitching something and forget about the fact that uh, you're going to need an asset to accompany that yes exactly <laughs> so to wrap up if anyone listening is interested in working at either hawkins or maverick creative what should they do well first of all definitely follow us on instagram and facebook and kind of learn what we're all about um, we're always looking for great interns and entry-level positions to kind of help. We really consider them kind of the foundation of our work, and they really help keep the motors running at both agencies. Um, so anyone interested in working with us can email jobs at hawkpr.com. Um, we always recommend sending a tailored note with a resume about why you'd love to work for us, and someone from our team will be in touch. Perfect. Thank you. I think that's a great place to end the chat. Thank you so much for joining me today, ladies. Thank you so much. And to those listening, you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode up on the website now. Thanks for listening to the PR Pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.